Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. So hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tech London podcast. Jonathan here, founder of the Tech London community, and I'm super happy to have Bernie Mitchell on uh, the show today. Thanks for joining us, Bernie. Hello, Jonathan. I'm, I'm so excited to be <laughs> one of the first people on the podcast. Excellent. Yes, um, you were definitely top of mind when we started this show. Um, we, we go back and we've been both been involved in the world of podcasting for some time. Um, so it's excellent to have you on. Hopefully, uh, we'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you potentially host uh, some of these episodes as well in the future. I, I can agree to that immediately. And, and we don't, you, you kind of undersold yourself there, Jonathan, because we started together in a co-working space, the London podcasting community, which is now like 400 people and has gone through, they've gone through several iterations, but it's, it's yeah. still going strong. We're about to reboot it again in our uh, post mid lockdown society here in london that's great and uh, and i think you've been uh integral to that actually continuing so i'm i'm very grateful for that i'm great at starting things um but i rely on people like you to carry them forwards yeah so I've, I've got a whole i've got a whole google drive full of um jonathan started projects from around the 2013 <laughs> 2014 era you know. amazing amazing great so um i'd love to um uh, also, just just talk about not just podcasting, but your involvement, particularly in in co working, because you're very plugged into the whole uh, London co working space. Um, so you you actually run the London Co Working Assembly, and you're also helping co working spaces with the content marketing, isn't that right? That's right. Awesome. So um, I'd love to um, just ask you, yeah, just about just. Um, a couple of uh, points on that. So, you what? Tell us more about the London Co-working Assembly. What does that involve? And I think you, you're also involved in the European Co-working Assembly as well. Can you tell us more about what those yeah, or, yeah. So, organizations so, do? The London Co-working. About the time you and I met, um, the, there was, the, and actually we met in via a kind of like co-working London community because um, I was. I first got into co-working when the Innovation Warehouse opened in um, Smithfield's Market in 2010, and I helped them, you know, run events and get people in and stuff like that. So we did like a TEDx and all that type of thing there. So that was all like very exciting and startupping. Um, and then I got involved in Kindred, where which was a meetup. Remember, this was like eight years ago at the time we're recording this, and this 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 meetup met was run by Alex Butler, um, who helped set up Tech City and all that stuff, and we met in a different co-working space every day using meetup.com as the platform. And, and that's how I got to find, I got to meet so many new co-working spaces as they, as they opened in London and in co-working years, eight years is a, you know, like a hundred years ago. And then in 2014, I went to um, the co-working Europe conference. And what struck me there is I just met lots of people from other universes I was involved in who all turned up at the co-working thing. And then we came back and um, we said, and you know, Rebecca Collins was one of those people. And we said, oh, you know, let's make a group for co-working people. 
and it just kind of plodded along for six years and we did different things and then about early 2018 i think it was we just started to meet in a different co-working space for breakfast once a month and you know tonight 30 to 40 people when we used to meet in person 30 to 40 people would show up for breakfast and they were community managers and co-working spaces or they were making products for co-working spaces and uh, most of the people actually own and run a co-working space so it's that like in you know startup people will know that when you when you're around a group of people when you join a group of peers and talk about what you're working on together it just you know explodes um and and it's good it's good like mental health therapy and it's good for like Mm -hmm putting the pieces of the puzzle together yeah it, it, i'm guessing it must also really help you understand like the needs and the challenges of people who are running co-working spaces who are involved in the management of co-working spaces as well it, it does uh, one, of, one of the things we um and this really kicked off in covid because we, we used to have like you know afternoon sessions where we talk through different problems in a kind of mastermind group fashion and now we have um we have an online community because like we everything's online nowadays and we have a mastermind session there and the covid like the lockdown and not meeting in person we we ran like twice a week for i don't know 7 months we've run calls where people are supporting each other to sort out everything from business rates to staffing to making online memberships to whether they stay open full stop um and then we and, and that all got quite hectic um and then we <laughs> made it into a, like a formal you know mastermind session Hmm. and 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 the co- meeting so often during covid and lockdown has really you know cemented the trust between um, you know not hundreds of people but you know like 70 people um and and now sitting down and saying like this is the actual issue i'm having in what i'm doing um and probably a lot of people listening are familiar with that kind of mastermind thing where you say you know hi i'm bernie my problem is and then people have to ask questions rather than like dive into with solutions so that everyone learns and um and and you know you can go really deep i know that sounds a bit wishy-washy but you know you can go really deep on a problem and understand like you know if it was in a podcast i just can't understand why i can't publish my podcast and it's not because you haven't got the right microphone it's because there's something else blocking you that you haven't quite worked through yet yeah. And, and that happens in projects, in businesses, and, you know, in most relationships. Yeah. I, I like that you brought up masterminds. I'm curious, like, do you have any best practices or, or formats that you think really work well uh, when it comes to masterminds that you've noticed? The, the, in, like in that little sequence I just said, the trick is, is mm. um, having people ask questions rather than so someone says you know this is my problem yeah and then people have to ask questions so it's like instead of, and i'm not allowed to say and i'm really like leery about this it's like <laughs> jonathan don't ask a question that's really a solution so, mm. so when you say have you thought of advertising in newspapers it's like pretending to be it's a, it's a question disguised it's a solution disguised as a question but when you say like what what have you tried to spread the word and be very very specific with the questions you ask because then you have to think about what you're asking and what you really want to get out of it um and then and then the person actually has to think answer something specifically and the longer you can let those questions go on for and the more awkward it gets the more (laughs) kind of powerful the results because people we we all like chicken out and we all like to like show off in front of our peers a bit and and most 
I, a lot of I've been doing some kind of mastermindy thing for like nearly a decade now. Um, you know, whether I've like run it or I've been part of it, and you know, more, I've always you know in some kind of group, whether it's about podcasting or marketing or you know saving my life. And the first three months, everyone's like showing off to each other, and then something really serious happens to one person. And then everyone starts like telling the truth as they go through. So um, it, it takes time to make it work and then being really specific with the questions. Yeah, yeah, interesting. There's, um, there's actually a mastermind format which I experienced, which is new to me uh, recently, where instead of having like a group that you meet on an ongoing basis, I'd like I have I have a monthly one with a group, um, but this one was sort of done in a pop-up kind of fashion. And so the idea was that the facilitator, they brought a bunch of people together. You sign up, you, you obviously register your interest. And uh, on a Zoom call, essentially one person brings a problem to the table. And he has, and it's everything is timed, right? So the person gets about two minutes to explain their problem. And then there's uh, a minute of questions. Uh, well, like, there's like three minutes of questions from the group. And then uh, three people are nominated uh, to provide feedback or suggestions. And then the rest of the group uh, basically put the, their suggestions in the chat. Uh, oh, I also missed out. There's a bit of silence as well for people to actually think. <laughs> but mm. uh, it, what, what I liked about it was it was, it, it was very short, but in that small amount of time, there was a lot of concentrated focus and, and, and a ton of really valuable feedback delivered. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an interesting format I came across worth consideration. I think, I think, I think it's good to like put yourself in any situation where you have to explain something to someone like it, like going to therapy is much better. It's much better to go to therapy than like get drunk and pull your heart out to your friends because <laughs> when, when you have to explain the whole context, you realize like how drum, dr- not always, you know, so I don't, I don't like be futile about it, but like, you know, when you have to explain the whole thing to someone who doesn't understand, you're like, oh yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, um, it's, I'm making it way, way, way more dramatic than it really is. Um, so there's something, I was chatting with a friend, Andy, and, um, he was talking about an accountability partner. And I said, what, what's accidentally worked for me with this accountability partner I've had for like three years now? And we, we follow this thing called the 12 week year together is that she's, you know, if I was your accountability partner, Jonathan, we like, we, we'd get lost in like, Oh, do you remember like when Carl did this and that, that <laughs> thing? And it's, it's kind of like that. And there's just like assumedness. Whereas, um, you know, Karen I'm with is, is in a completely different parallel universe to me. So she hasn't got, she hasn't got the energy to listen to, you know, why I couldn't get the podcast done because I didn't have the right cable. And, um, you know, it's a bit too much like Simon's and uh, I didn't want him to think that I was using the color. It's like, well, you either did, you either did it or you didn't. Right. I didn't. Okay. So let's move on. You know? Nice. Yeah. Uh, I love your analogy, uh, about being drunk in a pub, comparing that to, uh, actually doing therapy and asking the hard questions. I'm, I'm talking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, switching gears a little bit, um, can you tell me a little bit about Fifteen Minute City? Uh, so, so we, um, so it's a concept that's uh, was kind of put together by a Colombian guy um, 
who Colombian guy, sorry, a Colombian professor who's in the uh, 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 Paris and university, a university in Paris, sorry, and he studies like town planning and community and how we live and everything like this, and he 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 snapped this, you know idea of a 15 minute city where everything you need is it is like a 15 minute walk or a 15 minute bike ride and i think it was even before lockdown this has got a lot of traction with the mayor of paris and she said you know we're going to make paris a 15 minute city so people stop traveling across town and commute less and everything like this and then um you know the the whole covid situation has just got this made this get even more traction so there's a there's a couple of webinars we did with the European Co-working Assembly um, in the last last few months where um, there's the, there's a the, there's a strong case for and it's, it's happening in places already. There's a place called um, Good Space in Queens Park where David Brown started a co-working space, but he calls it a local work club or a neighbourhood work club rather than a co-working space. Um, and and he's got like I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago when he opened in June, right in the middle of lockdown, and he's got sixty members already. Which, to get sixty new members in a co-working space when you kind of open anyway is great, but to get six sixty new members in a few months during a global pandemic is um you know knocking it out of the park. And it's because he's like very focused on attracting people from the local area rather than you know being the coolest place to go so instead of being a destination it's a neighborhood place um and that that's that's why we're pushing this um championing is a word i'd use actually this 15 minute city concept in the like co-living and co-working communities so in you know i live in um sunny ilford in london the Mm. london borough of redbridge and i've been into i've lived in london since like 1990 and I've never not been into London and in the last, like since March I've been in two times. It's like a complete, it's like giving up smoking or something. It's like a complete lifestyle shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and my son, we bike to school and there's nowhere around here to work at the moment. In a couple of months, it was we now October, at the end of this month, there's a co-working space opening, but you can only have, there's only like serviced offices up for rent here. Um, like above shops and stuff like that. So this area is going to transform because people don't commute from our local, from our, we track it on from Gantz Hill, which is our local tube station to Liverpool street. Um, a couple of weeks when we checked on the TFL site, 580 people make the direct journey from Gantz Hill to Liverpool street every day. Mm. And imagine what that was before lockdown. Um, you know, because at the moment it's pretty empty. So, now, if you open a co-working space here, people can like drop their kid at school, walk at you know walk ten minutes, fifteen minutes, do their work, pick their kid up from school. Don't have to commute. It's better for the environment, better for the connection to the local area. You know all that all that type of thing. Yeah, I I love that being um, connected. You know more connected to your local community. Definitely. It's kind of it's, it's it's something that's so there's um a friend of mine I've known for a long time who run he ran a, a kind of startup co-working space type thing called Welsh Ice um which is just outside I can't say the name of the place where it is um but it's just outside Cardiff and he runs a thing called Town Square and they open 
like four years ago they started this company to deliberately open co-working and workspaces in local areas and they've opened like three and then since lockdown it's like he it's like he placed an advert on facebook by mistake and then everyone (laughs) in the world rang him so the the the, i don't understand i'm not a futurist at all but like you know the commute is over people people have been forced into working from home and not commuting so they are um so that so they're like more inclined to look for spaces to work near them and companies are going out of their way to make that happen yeah 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 it's interesting uh where i am in new york like one thing i find about the the streets here like in the way that a lot of the infrastructure is built it's not really built for humans it's built for cars but now with the whole covid situation you have all these roads closed off to card cars and they're made into pedestrian streets and it's it makes such a big difference um and you just see so many people outside bicycling walking uh you know doing boxing classes in the open air and things like that um it's it's uh yeah it's definitely a breath of fresh air that, that that's one of the really positive things because we go through like mm. there's there's a country park near us and i used to run around it and um, you know still do some days but um i used to run around it with like see one person and now yeah. there's lots of people that kind of i don't think were anti going to the park they just never found the time to go to the park or they weren't kind of i don't know it just wasn't something they did and now there's more, way more people like exercise in the morning, running, running during the day because they work from home and they can like run at 11 o'clock in the morning instead of like before they leave or get back from work. Um, and th- th- those, those kind of transformations are, are really good. We went into like, the, the one and only time I've been into central London. Um, we have a friend that lives near Marylebone and we, we, we went to their place um, and then we walked back from Marylebone to Holborn Station, and it was like walking through a quiet village. It was like hardly anyone around. There wasn't that like crazy intensity that you get in the middle of London. And you know, the centre of London was a really pleasant place to be. Hmm. So that's a that's a, a lockdown positive for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, just being conscientious of time, um, I, I don't want to keep you for, for too much longer, but um, I'd love to uh, let listeners know where they can find out more about what you're up to. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you online, your website, and so forth? I will. Uh, like, if, if you Google Bernie J. Mitchell, and that will take you to some embarrassing YouTube videos from <laughs> 10 years ago and, um, and all my socials and website. And then, I mean, what's most interesting for listeners here is if you go to LondonCoworkingAssembly.com and that's where, that's where uh, co-working spaces can join and meet and, you know, connect and help each other out. Also, there's a button on there where people can find places to work. Uh, there's a big, we have um, a lot of people in uh, some meetup groups, which are Write Club, Art Club, Podcasting Club and Bloggers Club, which we're rebooting online. We kind of lost our rhythm during... Uh, covid because strangely even though we can run online events for other people when it the, the idea of running a meetup online i just couldn't get my head around um i don't know it's like stuck in the habit of uh meetup being an in-person thing so if you go to london assembly.com and then that will lead you to like blogs and podcasts about stories of people running co-working spaces in london and um podcasts from people doing like a lot of the things we talked about in this podcast with jonathan today awesome thanks so much bernie you're, you're very welcome very very welcome the covid speech impediment 
You've been listening to the Tech London Show. If you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show, make sure you join our Slack group over at techlondon.io. Till next time.